Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Hello, good to, good to see you all here today. What a wonderful day it is to be in the house of the Lord. And it's good to uh, worship and celebrate Jesus. Thank you for coming and thank you for uh, having me here today. Thank you, Pastor Gregory, for having me here. Yes, it was a trying year for people last year, uh, you know, 2020. A lot of people have gone through lots of difficulties. There was sickness and uh, lack and poverty and fear and all kinds of things that hit, hit the nation uh, but you know what? We've got Jesus, and that's great because we've got somewhere to lean to. We can got somewhere to go to uh, to get help. So in times of help, we know where to turn to. We turn to Jesus. So that's awesome. And you had an awesome, awesome theme song, which I just wanted to remind you about for 2020. Who remembers it? I'm going to see your victory. Yeah, remember that? And you know what? I've been singing it and I pray that you do too. But it's not just about singing a song. It's about declaration. So when, you, when you're singing, I'm going to see your victory, just, you know, uh, let it be a declaration, not just a worship. And keep it on your tongues all the time. Don't just uh, do it as, oh, you know, in church. You can sing that any time. And I've been doing it myself. It's an awesome song. It's great, you know, the battle, of the, Lord, the battle is the Lord's, it's not ours. So, uh, you know, just remember, remember where, you, where you're looking, where you ha- have your eyes, that, uh, that you can enjoy the victory. And uh, I also want to wish you all a happy new year, because it's going to be a happy new year, because we have Jesus, because uh, we don't base our happiness on how the situation is, but on ha- the fact that we have Jesus and we have hope. So that's the awesome news for everybody this year. So also online, if you're online, have a happy new year. Um, I'm going to be speaking about um, finances today because you know what? Finance, uh, most people don't like it. But it's, it's, uh, it's a sad thing because, in fact, that's where our breakthrough comes from. Fi- uh, uh, learning how to give and uh, how uh, uh, the will of God in regards to giving is an open door for you to receive blessings. So, uh, so we want to have an open heart when we talk about finance, whether it's me or somebody else talking. And you know what? There is a flip side to what, um, what's been said about tithes, that it's not, all, not about us. In fact, I, I'd like to, I'm going to shock you. In fact, it is about you because giving sets you free. So it is about you. Okay, it's not just about, because God doesn't need our money, really. Have you noticed? He's, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't need your money. Uh, yes, the church does, you know, and uh, the Bible tells to give because, you know, obviously we've got to wear the hands and the feet of Jesus and we need to get on with the work down here on earth. And uh, we, we haven't quite got the same thing as God has. So we, we kind of rely on money. So, but the thing is, we, uh, money is not a dirty word, nor is being rich a dirty word. Religion has taught us that, um, you know, uh, poverty is humble, is holy, and we should all just be crawling around like worms, you know, and that just looks very holy. But that is religion. God 
has shown in his word that people in the Old Testament, they were rich. They weren't just rich, they were very rich. Now we had Abram, which be, who became Abraham. He had livestock and gold and silver. He was very rich. His son Isaac inherited all that and, and he became very rich. And Jacob followed the same pattern. He was very rich. He knew how to, he knew how to get, um, get uh, you know, like with the, with the cattle, he knew how to get the right ones for himself. You know, he was really good there. And so, and we have the example Job. Well, he was the richest man in the East. He had, um, he had untold wealth. He had untold servants. His household was full. He had multiple children. He was, and then after his trial, he even got double. So, you know, if God didn't want us to be rich, why did he give Job even double? Like, you know, he had so much, he wouldn't have known what to do with it. But he was a very generous man. See, it's all about generosity. It's not about... Um, it's not about money and it's not about quantity even so much. It's about a heart issue, which we'll, you'll find out later. In Deuteronomy 28.8, let's just go there. The Lord will command a blessing on you in your storehouse. Are we there? Okay, there we are. Yep, okay. The Lord will command a blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand to. See, when you put your hand to something... Don't just put your hand to something, but say, say this. Believe that when you put your hand to something, blessings, the blessings will come to you. You know, we go around life just doing things and not really thinking. We are not mindful of what we're doing. We need to be mindful of the blessings. Release the word of God as you're doing things. So... Um, Set your hand and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now, when you go through, I won't go through it now because I just want to uh, skim over a lot of things. But you should go through Deuteronomy 28, the first part of it. Don't necessarily go through the curse because the curse doesn't apply. Jesus took the curse, right? So, but the blessings still belong to us. Okay, so you use that scripture and you declare that over yourself and that is who you are. You are blessed. See, God is not against you having money. God doesn't want money to have you. See, uh, there's a lot of people that money, that, that's why mammon is such a problem. Mammon is, is money or wealth, material goods, is such a problem because it actually has a hold. And I don't know whether anyone's felt it. Have you ever had to give and you felt, ah, oh, I feel like something's got a hold on me. I don't think I can release this. You know, it's just, oh, this is too much, too hard. You know, and that's mammon. It's got a hold. It is, it is not, it is a spirit. It is not just a word. It is a spirit that once you hold you trapped in where you are because financial freedom comes through giving and being able to open your hands and allow things to flow out from your hand and then God can fill it. If you have your hands clenched, well, that's what you got. <laughs> it ain't going to increase, okay? So the whole thing is we need to learn to release money. Now, we, let's go to, I haven't given that scripture, but if you could find it, Luke twelve sixteen. It talks about the uh, rich fool. People know the story? Matthew, uh, sorry, Luke. I, I don't think, oh yeah, Luke, Luke twelve sixteen. I just want to read that to you because 
people might misunderstand. Some scriptures can be misunderstood if not, uh, if you don't go through the whole detail. Okay, so he spoke a parable. Yep, okay, oh, we start from here. Man who made, okay, no, hang on a minute. Then he spoke a parable. Oh, yeah, a, a certain rich man yielded plentiful. So he had great produce, plenty of crops. He, so he just, his uh, produce just did exceedingly well and he had so much he thought to himself with himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you talk to your soul sometimes? <laughs> have a good conversation with your soul. Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he. This is the key, this is the key verse, okay? The last part. The rest would not have been a problem if this hadn't been here. So is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. That's the key words or the key part of the whole scripture. See, Joseph built a barn. Joseph collected lots of goods. He filled it and he fed the, the Egyptians and all the other people. So it wasn't about having plenty that was the problem. It wasn't even him building the barn that was the problem. It wasn't him saying, well, I'm going to take it easy necessarily. That was the problem. The problem was he wasn't rich towards God. That is a key. See, if you are willing to be rich towards God, he will bless you so much. He will just continue to just pour our blessing upon blessing. He's got so much. He's got far more than what we think. And he wants to bless you far more than you want to be blessed. How awesome is that? To think that he wants to bless you. The will of God is this in 3 John 1, 2. Have we got it? It's up that way. Beloved, who's that? That's you. It's God's talking to you. I pray that you may prosper in all things. All things includes finances. It doesn't mean just finances. It means all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, that means you're going to have to do some work. God's will is clear. He wants to prosper his people. But he says, just as your soul prosper. I wish it wasn't there, right? You wish it was just God dropping the blessings on you. But he says that your soul has to prosper in order for you to take hold of what he wants to give you. That means you're going to have to renew your mind, not only in whatever area, I don't know, whatever you look at, but also in finances. Now, I made that mistake because I kind of took it for granted and I thought, well, I'm all right financially. I'm just going to not concern myself about that area. I'm just going to, you know, I've got lots of other areas. Gee, that's a lot in the Bible, you know. Um, so, but that, that cost me. So, if you want to do well in that area, you're going to need to invest some time in meditating on the word that's in regards to finances. Yep, so uh, in Psalm 35, 27, we again have it that the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Once again, God says he wants to bless you. And as I was saying, it's not just about 
Um, it's not just about waiting on God. It's about you doing something. 1 Timothy 6.12. I'm just rushing through because I just want to give you an overview of, of all, all, all the requirements, really, as best I can. 1 Timothy 6.12. Have, have we got that up there? Okay. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. So, uh, you know, your eternal life has begun once you're born again. But you need to lay hold of it. Like everything, we don't get anything unless we ha lay hold. We've got to take it by force sometimes, even says, you know. the Yeah, yeah, so, so uh, yeah, I can't remember the scripture now. But, yes, the righteous take it by force. I don't know. Well, anyway... Take it, yeah, sometimes you have to take it by force. Sometimes you have to, but you have to take it. So it's not, you know, you've got to fight a good fight of faith. Because otherwise, it's, you know, there is a devil. If you may not have realized, there is a devil. There is a thief. And he loves to steal. You know, thief and steal, the word is klepto in Greek. That's where kleptomaniac comes from. And uh, that's, uh, he can't help it. Oh, no, we're not going to feel sorry for him, but he can't help it. That's what he does, and that's what he does best. And he wants to steal from you because if you don't have, you know, money has power behind it. And for, that's why the church needs to be a church of um, blessings, a church of uh, prosperity, because if you're not, then you can't do much. God needs you to have to be blessed so that you can be a blessing. So we... Uh, we don't go for this, oh, well, we, you know, we're just miserable, poor, poor Christians. We are the triumphant church. We are the ones that with ability and with resources. God has established a law. And you know what that law is? The, that law is sowing and reaping. The Bible says, while the earth remains, this is in Genesis 8.22, while the earth remains... Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. So everything that we get is through a seed. The word of God is a seed. That's why I'm saying to you, you need to receive the seed out of the word. You know, plant it into your heart. Let it become alive. Let it become a rhema. Let it become something that, that uh, yeah, where, where the Holy Spirit has breathed on the word and it's alive to you. You know, it can be alive to one person but not to another. It's got to become alive to you. So receive that seed. In Mark 4, 26, 29, let's go there. I don't think I have to put that down either. So here we go. Mark, if you've got a Bible and if you've got... If you've got a one like I have, you might use to, need to use your fingers. Okay, Mark 4, 26, and he said, The kingdom of God, because you know how we say, we've got the scripture, seek first the kingdom of God, right? And all else shall, shall be added unto you. Well, sometimes people think that means you don't have to do anything because God's just going to add it onto you. But that's not the full story. See, uh, the Bible says the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, for the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, 
then the head, and after the full grain in the head. So this tells us it's a lot like the kingdom works like this. You have to actually plant the word into your heart. Then you have to water it. You know, and first it's just going to be the blade. So it's not going to have a lot, right? You know, sometimes we think it should be just a little bit quicker. You know, it's just too slow for us. But it, it's, there's time involved, okay? So when you're sowing your seed, you don't, have, you don't kind of think, well, how come I haven't got anything yet? Why, where's my harvest, you know? There's time involved. And God seems to have a lot more time than us. Like he, he kind of thinks, you know, 20 years is no big deal, you know? But anyway... Um, so there is, there is time. So first the blade, then the, then the ear, and then the full stalk with the head, right? And so it's a process. But we need to care for that seed. You know, if you're a gardener, you know, I don't know, Ruben's a good gardener, but there's others who might be doing some gardening. You have to watch out for those weeds growing in with your garden. That means if you are hearing stuff, that's contrary to the word, you don't go and go, oh yeah, well maybe that's true. No, you say that's not the truth. That's not the truth. I know the truth. The Bible says, and then you start to declare what the Bible says. Don't fall for the trap of the enemy where, uh, where you're hearing stuff and you go, and, and the media is full of this, right? So you be careful when you hear, listen to the news. Because whenever there is a report that is contrary to the word of God, you say, no, no, that's not the truth. You need to stand up for the truth because your heart will get mixed up. You know, your heart can get confused. We're talking about the spiritual heart here. Your spiritual heart has eyes and ears and it, it, uh, it, and it knows things. But you allow some rubbish to come in there and you start to agree with that, that brings confusion to your heart. So you will need to guard your heart against confusion and you need to say no to things that are contrary to the word of God. This is a great time to practice that because we know we've got a whole lot of rubbish coming in t- at the moment in various ways. Yep, so um, the uh, Proverbs 3.9 says, have you got Proverbs? I'm used to having it back there. Okay, uh, Proverbs 3.9 says, Honour the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your rocks will overflow. So we, by giving, we are honouring God. You know, and the Bible says if you honour him, he will honour you. You know, if you don't honour him, well, he will lightly esteem you. He will not have, you know, you won't, you won't get the same response from God either. So we need to be honouring God with our finances, with our possessions and, um, and many other ways. You know, in the Old Testament, you know, tithing came in with um, Abraham Melchizedek, has anybody now heard of uh, Melchizedek? He was the king of Salem and, uh, and uh, he didn't have a beginning, he didn't have an end. So uh, Abraham gave of all that he had, his um, 10%, and that's where that first started. So it's not under the law. Giving is not, this tithing is not a law thing. It is something that's been established from the beginning. Uh, some people are confused and say, well, I was tithing for today. 
there's many different, different perspectives on that. Well, it's up to you, but uh, God says if you honor him, he will honor you. And um, yep, so, uh, and in the Old Testament, there were three different tithes. There was, this is uh, surprising for some people, there was tithe that was to the house and all the running and the business of the house. That was the holy tithe. Then there was a tithe that you tithe to yourself. How interesting, right? You tithe to yourself 10%. And that was for either special events, maybe uh, religious events. Sometimes it was used for vacations. But it was something that uh, they put away, 10% for themselves. Then there was another 10% that was for the poor and the needy, the orphans, the widows, right? And so when the Hebrew children get raised, they get raised on this principle. And that's why they do well. You wonder why the Jewish people are doing so well? Because they follow God's principle on tithing and giving. They teach the kids. They say, you know, out of one dollar, ten cents for God, ten cents for me, ten cents for the poor, you know. And so they've got 70 cents left of their dollar to, to play with and do what they like. But if you raise the kids on that early in life, then they'll, uh, that'll be instilled in them. And uh, like we heard earlier with the little one praising, it, it shows, right? It stays with them for life. So um, today, most people, we, we, we have, uh, I, fail, I thought to myself, I don't need to tie it to myself. I'll be all right. I think I made a mistake. I think... I think you just should follow God where, no matter what your situation looks like. I think the best way to go is just say, yes, Lord, I think that's the best way. I think you know best. I thought I knew better for a little while. And so, again, you know, there's a cost when you think you know better than God. Yep, so... Um, right, which one am I up to? Yes. The love of money, yes. 1 Timothy 6.10... We there? Has, uh, have we got it yet? Um, well, I'm sorry, I'm holding proceedings up here. Uh, yep, there we are, Timothy. We know Timothy because T, all the T's are together. That's a good little trick to know. Okay, so Timothy, who was a young pastor, preacher, the Apostle Paul taught him a few things. And one of the things he warned him about is the love of money. Because, you know, that, that is one of the risks with ministry. Everybody's in danger of a couple of these things. Gold, girls or guys, and glory. Now, they are the traps of ministry, right? And so, so uh, uh, the Apostle Paul's talking to him and he's saying... I'm actually going to go a bit backwards. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. Now, this does not mean that we're not supposed to be rich, okay? There's another key word, desire. You know, are you desiring? Is that where your heart is at? To be rich fall into temptation and snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So once again, it's that relationship with money, the right relationship. You know, you shouldn't love anything. The two things you should love, the two things, love God and love one another. 
That's the only time we should use love. We use love far too much. Loving things should not be in our vocabulary. We should say we enjoy something. You know, we thank the Lord that he's blessed us with something. But we don't go around and say, oh, I love my sleep. I love my dog. Oh, I love my house. Right? We don't say that. We shouldn't say that because that again brings confusion to your heart. What does love mean? You know, we're going to get confused. Love is not a word we throw around loosely. Love is, is very, um, it, it's very specific. And God said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and love one another, you know, as yourself. So again, that's the, and, and people have, an, you know, when you start to love money, you've got some serious issues, you know. You're going to have to do some serious giving. You know, I know the Bible says to give cheerful, and we're going to get to that, but... If you have a real strong hold on money, has got a hold on you, the best way to break it is to force yourself to give. I know it says don't give grudgingly, but sometimes it's necessary because it will, it will break the power. You have to break that hold that money has on you. And so I've had to give. I've given many ways. I've given grudgingly. I've given, uh, you know, pri- proudly. I've given all kinds of ways because, you know, when you're starting off, you're not going to have it all together. And that's okay. We start somewhere, but let's journey forward and let's, let's get on board with what God's saying and ha- what to give, how to give, and, and agree with God. You know, so that's the key thing. Okay, let's go to Malachi 3.10, or, or we can go before that even. Malachi. It's challenging when you have to turn Bibles, don't you? Well, praise the Lord for the old word. I do like it, though, because in some sense you can see beyond just the scripture that you're on to. So we can go back. And I wasn't going to start from there, but I'm going to. Uh, will a man rob God? I know that's kind of, I thought, oh, that could be a bit offensive. But you know what? It's true because God wants to bless you. And even though we're not in the Old Testament, we are cheating God of giving us what he wants to give us. You know, how sad it would be to come to the end of our life and find that we've um, hardly done anything for God or haven't been able to, you know, and God's sad because he's got all this stack of stuff stacked up for you and you've done nothing to, to take hold of it, you know. So um, the Bible says that if we hold back our tithes, we're in, in sense robbing God. Set, um, yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me. Now, curse doesn't apply to us, okay? The curse went on Jesus, so we, don't, we can breathe, no curse, no curse in the house, all right? No one's cursed. We are free because Jesus died and paid the price and went, curse went on the cross. So, uh, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes, as I said, there's three lots of tithes, into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. See, this is where it says may, that the church does in fact need some of your money. Um, food in my house and try me now in this says the Lord of hosts if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it and I will rebuke the devourer you know the thief that wants to come and steal your stuff 
you know, you've got a promise here that he will rebuke the devourer on, our, on your behalf. So daily, this is what I say. I thank you, Lord, because I'm a tither and a giver. I thank you that you open up the windows of heaven for me. You pour out a blessing for me more than I can contain. I thank you, Lord, that you will rebuke the devourer for my behalf. I thank you, Lord. So, you know, just make it, make it your declaration. Make it, take hold of these words. Don't just read them in a book and just, I don't know, I don't know, osmosis. <laughs> um, yeah. So make it your own. Take a hold by faith and uh, meditate on it till it becomes real to you. Okay, Joshua 1.8, it said, keep the word of God before you all the time. You know, meditate on it, think about it. You know, don't let it depart from you because that's, then you will prosper and all that. Your giving should be willingly given. I, I should go to that scripture. Where was that now? Um, anyway, we'll go to Philippians. Oh, well, we won't worry about it. Philippians 4.10 because that's an awesome, awesome scripture. Right, here we are. Philippians 4.10. Okay. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Now, um, the Apostle Paul was a traveling minister. He didn't get much support from most of the churches, but this church was behind him. And um, so he said again... Um, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. So he's saying this is not about him. This is about you, right? He's wanting to show them that it is in their interest to give. Everywhere, everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed for Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. There is an account in heaven for each one of us. And if you've got children, that account can be used by them as well. But also when you get to heaven, no, it's not just for, for heaven, it's for now, right? We can draw on that account. Uh, uh, indeed, I have all and abound and I'm full, having received from Ephroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. If you want to please God, that's another way. If you want to worship God, that's a good way to do it. It's a, a sweet-smelling aroma to him. I wanted to say the, the earlier part, where, but I rejoiced in the Lord. It talked about uh, that they didn't have opportunity and I quite, quite see it. Again, though, you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Here we are, yeah, 10. Okay, I'm not sure whether I read it before. Surely you did care, but you lacked opportunity. So see, giving is an opportunity. It's not an obligation, you know. So you're all free to give or not to give, but it's an opportunity because this is the only place we can make a difference for eternity. Once we're in heaven, it's over. The game's over. Dong. It's all over, right? Finished. 
You can't do anything more to change your situation. So um, this is the time to do that. I'm not sure how much time I've still got. Uh, so the Bible says, Galatians 6, 9, Don't grow weary in doing well, for in due season you will reap if you will not faint. Okay, so uh, in due season, that's sometimes too long for us, but uh, there is a due season. If you hang on, hold on, don't let go. That's the due season. Now, uh, one, one more scripture I was going to share, and that's just to show the importance of giving. I used to question this one in Acts 20, verse, uh, verse uh, sorry, Acts 20, 35. It is, the, I'm not going to go there just to save time. Uh, is that time? I'm not sure. Have I got still more time? Um, the Apostle Paul said that, um, that it is better to give than to... You know, that was before he left. He's going, he's going to leave Ephesus. He knows his time is up. He says he's not going to see them anymore, right? This is his parting words to the church, to the people. And this is how important he considered giving was. He says it is better to give than to receive. I used to think, now how can that be? If I'm giving, I got less. Now, who come up with that idea, right? But the thing is this, that by giving, you, you also get a blessing back in this life. That is if you hang on and hold on and believe. But not only that, you are storing up things in heaven. You know where the rust and the moths can't get into your stuff? You know why they said that? Why the moths and rust? I've got a bit more time apparently. Uh, while the moths and the rust was referring to in the Old Testament because in the Old Testament days they had um, garments and they had uh, things. They didn't have money so much. They didn't store up. They had their glory box and it had stuff in it, you know, short spray before for uh, the children who get married, you know. So there were shields and material things in there and they had that there and they might have stored it for many years and probably moths and rust went into that. <laughs> And uh, consumed it. But God says, if you put your money into the kingdom, there in, in heaven, you've got an account in heaven, the moth and the rust will not affect your, your things in heaven, right? It's, gonna, it's, it's, um, it's good. It's permanent. It's lasting. So uh, I just want to recommend to everybody that giving is, um, it is God's will. It is something we should, if we haven't got off the uh, go yet, we should get, get on to it. We should get into the Word, the Word which, uh, which is renewing your mind to the Word of God. And, uh, you know, you need to know the will. You need to know that God wants to bless you. And when you're giving, don't just throw your money in or scatter or, you know, I don't care. Uh, put it in intently. You know, there, we, we just said about a harvest, you sow a seed, you expect a harvest. So put in your money with the expectation of a harvest, even though our focus is not money, right? So that's where we've got to get our hearts right. Get the balance, okay? We're sowing a seed, we expect a harvest, we expect God to bless us, but we don't set our hearts on money. So can you understand that? Because that's, that's a tricky one. So, uh, you know, expect a harvest. Don't kind of think, well, I don't need, you know, oh, if God wants to give me something, he'll just give it to me. No, go in, plant a seed, 
expect to get a harvest because God is good and he wants to bless you. So, um, but at the same time, don't set your heart on money. Set your heart on God. Set your heart on things that are eternal. So if you find you've got struggling with your heart, then you just, you need to give it to God. If you find you're not willing in, a, in this area, if you're struggling, then again, ask the Holy Spirit to help you because he's the helper and he can set you free. Okay, we've all been in that place. It's not like uh, I'm not, you know, I've been in that place. Other people have journeyed through church and found themselves struggling financially with giving and, uh, and uh, God wants to set you free. He wants to set you free today. So, you know, we, we're here to um, help you to get free so that God can give you everything he wants to give you. Okay. And uh, I just, um, uh, just a little bit on the, on the side. Have we got a bit more time? Uh, Reuben's got an awesome testimony. Are you willing to share, Reuben? Or do you want me to share it? Okay, this is a little bit on the side because, um, yeah, well, um, look, we, um, we witness even though, even though it's challenging at times. But Reuben's actually got more boldness than I have in some ways because he doesn't mind. See, he doesn't care if people don't like him or don't like what he says. He doesn't care what he looks like or sounds like. So he just says whatever. And, uh, and God loves that because God thinks he's a wonderful vessel to use. So um, he went to, last year, we went to, um, went to the caravan park and um, we witnessed to someone. And that, that lady, the cleaner, she reported us and, you know, we, uh, we were told not to do it again. Don't, you know, tracks and all the rest. Don't do it. Okay. So this year, Ruben go and he goes to another cleaner. And he, I can't believe it. I was nice, you know. I, I'm always saying, Lord, show me how I can pour out, pour out love on them. You know, how can I love people? And I do that, you know. I compliment the lady and say, you know, you did a, you did a really good job. Uh, cleaning, you know, we love clean toilets. It's terrible when you're traveling, you've got dirty toilets. And so, um, so uh, that was, that's all I did. But Reuben went in and he shared, you know, he said, Oh, you know, uh, about Jesus, here's a tract. Uh, do you know Jesus? That it, I'm not quite sure how it went. He did the witness and she received Jesus, right? But not only that, then he prayed for her and uh, she said, Oh, I felt the heat in your hand and I had this vision, I was floating in the air. And uh, that's not all. Then he prayed. He, she had a back pain. She felt the pain leave her body. That was amazing. And she was just like, I'm, I'm sure I've missed a lot of stuff because it was a long testimony. I had to write it down because it was so detailed. But like we caught up with her again and we spoke with her and she says she has a lot of demonic things going on in her home. And so we just said, look, you know, this is what you can do. Use the name of Jesus. You know, speak Psalm 91 over yourself at night and just a few clues to help her through. And uh, But, you know, we've got it on as a Facebook friend. But just as uh, a quick version, uh, you know, you just never know. Just share Jesus, even in the toughest of times. You know, and I'll just leave you with this. You know, we've got the earth. The darkness has covered the earth. Deep darkness. Uh, the people of God. Not the people of God. The people, sorry. Deep darkness. The people. This is, um, this is Isaiah 60. 
but arise, which is where it starts, arise and shine for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. So, you know, this is a time not to be in fear. This is the time to arise and shine and be a witness and show, uh, show Jesus to people who need to know. Thank you. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.